0: Hear the good news of Jesus Christ according to Luke. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the gospel of grace. Thanks Thanks be to God. Jesus is a masterful storyteller. His ministry is highlighted by parables, stories, and displays of God's transformative love. Being the captivating storyteller that that he is, the Lord of the universe knows that transformative concepts are best learned when they are shared and embodied through stories. Like every great story, Jesus' stories have a background, a context, an audience, and a lesson to be learned. In our gospel reading for today, Jesus exhorts the guests of an important dinner party to consider their own privileges and act in a humble and hospitable way towards all guests. This parable ultimately speaks to the humility of God's children. It instructs against pride and the important work of resisting our tendencies to segregate us and them, while encouraging an attitude of generosity and abundance. Given the preceding text, the place of our story was most likely in Perea on a Sabbath at a dinner party hosted by one of the leaders of the Pharisees. Of course, this dinner was no ordinary feast. The table was spread and the trap was set. Jesus had ventured into a tense situation. Our dinner party parable is set against the background and context of the Pharisees' pernicious plans that were being plotted against Jesus. Our Lord and Savior knew of those plans, and these dramatic encounters with Pharisees were not uncommon. In fact, conflict is at the center of God's ordained journey to the cross. Jesus knew full well what was in store for him. His goal that Sabbath was to expose the Pharisees' hypocrisy and pride. Jesus was no stranger to drama at dinner parties like that time when the unnamed woman anointed Jesus' feet with the expensive perfume in her own tears, or like that time when Jesus delivered the woe to you Pharisees and experts of the law speech. Needless to say, Jesus knew how to make people uncomfortable. As someone who works both in theater and in ministry, I am actively resisting the phrase safe space. The notion of total safety in any space is harmful and illusory. A brave space, instead, acknowledges that we are constantly working against our inherited and often harmful biases and are willing to work lovingly and bravely through conflict. My resistance to the phrase safe space is best described in Luke 4. When Jesus is leading worship on the Sabbath at the synagogue in Nazareth, Jesus proceeded to chant, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. God has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the synagogue assistant and sat down. Every eye in the synagogue was fixed on him. Then he began to explain to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled just as you heard it. While we work intentionally to dismantle spaces of oppression and injustice, our goal as Christians is to proclaim courageously the good news of God to our fellow humans. The very act of acknowledging our call and vocation is an act of resistance and courage. Through the priesthood of believers, we are all called into a reality of liberation and justice. Our Lord Emmanuel proclaims, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled just as you heard it. His inspiring courage exists in the context of his hometown, Nazareth. That audience was a congregation that knew Jesus. They knew his family. Sometimes our most difficult audience is the one that shares our own privileges. As Christians, we are called to act bravely and to speak into our relationships with a courageous attitude. We must seek to live in meaningful relationship with our our neighbors while renouncing comparisons between ourselves on pride or privilege. The Bannon Forum is a center of active dialogue surrounding matters of social justice hosted by the Santa Clara University in California. An institution of higher education within the Jesuit Catholic tradition. One of their distinct faculty members is Professor Stephanie Wildman, who teaches law, particularly racial, ethnic, and gender justice. Some 20 years ago, Stephanie Wildman began writing about privilege this integrated, multi layered, and largely invisible system of social hierarchy that sustains inequality and subordination in our culture and works in mysterious ways to defeat whatever effort peoples might take to better themselves. Our legal culture permits us to attack discrimination in some of its manifestations when we can identify deliberate acts of individuals that cause harm to others because of their social status and identities. Our legal culture makes it difficult, however, for us even to talk about the networks of privilege that silently assign people to subordinate categories because of their race, their gender, or any other of the innumerable characteristics by which people distinguish themselves from others. Wildman's invaluable contribution has been to identify privilege as a social system as well as to build concepts and vocabulary with which it it is made visible. Since Wildman established this theory in her 1996 book, Privilege Revealed, academic writers have analyzed the structure and dynamics of privilege in great many areas. Thinking about privilege and challenging it is an ongoing exercise. It's something that has become part of my daily consciousness. But it's a difficult concept to grapple with, and one that does not come easily. I am constantly learning to challenge my position in the world and understand the power imbalances that I am a part of. Privilege wasn't a problem, a problem back then at our Look 14 dinner party. It's also a problem today. It's hard to recognize privilege in us. Someone once said, pride is the only disease that makes everyone sick except the one who has it. Pride can also be called vanity. We can see pride and vanity in others but we are usually blind to it in our own lives. We aren't even aware it's there until there it rears its ugly head. Pride is hard to see in ourselves, but we can easily see it in others. If we think we are not prideful, we are lying to ourselves. Our gospel parable brings an equal warning to the host that he should not invite only his friends or people who would be obliged to return the invocation but ask those who did not have the means to invite him back in return. By including those who were poor, impaired, differently able and blind, the host would be fulfilling Jesus' reminder that what you do to the least of these, you do to me. This radical hospitality is a spiritual discipline that constantly challenges our privileges. By following Jesus' instruction and inviting all others who don't belong to my circle of privilege, the host embodies an act of resistance to all systems of hierarchy and power. This gospel truth of service and leadership is strengthened and is the force behind the hospitality that can dismantle the oppression we so eagerly fight against. In ancient times, those seated at the lower tables were considered servants to the ones on the upper tables. So those who chose to sit sit there recognized that although they may have gifts and talents that warned them sitting in a special place, they were humble enough to recognize that these gifts and talents brought them no special treatment. They knew that service, especially service to God, was far more important than privilege. I wrestle with that calling today, Lake Shore. How do we choose the lower tables? How can we revisit our guests' list and how can we host dinner parties that include all of our neighbors? Sometimes our attitude of privilege comes out of a myth of scarcity, like Richard Ward calls it, and we momentarily forget that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Jesus who calls us to choose the lower seat and to invite all guests to the party is still the same, providing abundantly to all of us. The Lamb of God has shared the responsibility of hosting this table with us. Let us find ways to acknowledge the places of privilege we inhabit. Let us work with until privilege is crowded out by love. Let us allow Jesus to teach us anew that humility of the hymn in Philippians. Think of yourselves the way of Christ Jesus. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived as a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, the crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever. So that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long dead and buried, will bow in worship before this Christ Jesus. And call out in praise that he is the master of all, to the glorious honor of God the Father. Let us pray. I hear your call, O God, to peace and justice, and I confess that I know little of either. And worse yet, sometimes I care little. Yet there's a place in me that does care, a seed of yearning for a compassionate world where righteousness prevails. Forgive me, God, for the injustices I allow to continue by my silence. Wash away my small-minded thoughts that justice equals revenge. My setting things right, evening the score. Open me to your way, defending the defenseless, walking the second mile, giving grace undeserved. Transform my clenched fist of entitlement into an outstretched hand of healing. Give me a heart like yours, radically loving, senselessly merciful, passionately pursuing. Shalom. Your kingdom come. Amen.